Our learning shall be in honor of the two brothers, Roy Chaim Guri and his brother Ariel Rafael Guri, who were killed uh, by the terrorists on, in the town of Ofakim on October 7th. Of, and uh, their mother requested that something that uh, can be done to make her at least somewhat feel to what she wants, and that is to learn in their memory. And this is sponsored anonymously. Anonymously, and also we're learning Leili Nishmas Chana Bat Moshe, sponsored by her son Yonatan Hamburger, and also Leili Nishmas Zechariah Ben Mordechai Halevi, whose yardzeit is today. We are going to discuss making a blessing on Tfilas Kelim. Um, the idea of a, of a vessel when it's purchased by uh, or it was made or purchased by a non-Jew, we we need to tovel it in the mikveh. We need to immerse it. And uh, assumption we usually make a bracha. So the Torah, where did, what is the background? The Torah in Parshas Matos, in Perik Bamidbar, Perik Lamed Aleph, Pasuk of Gimel, it tells us that after they got the spoils from the Midian, it says, Anything that was burnt or was cooked over the fire, you should kasher it through fire. And make it but you have to purify it with the water of the nida, meaning water that would be good for a mikvah, for a nida, so that's alluding to the fact that it needs to be immersed in a mikvah. And our Chazal tell us that the extra part of the Pasuk is actually exactly teaching us that, that you, in addition to making sure the vessel was clean and kosher, meaning that it doesn't have any absorptions of any forbidden uh, foods in it if it was purchased and used by a non-Jew, in addition to that, you also have to ensure that it was immersed and it's um, it, it went through a, a mikvah. What is the reason for the mikvah? So there's different opinions in the Rishonim. One opinion from the Yushami is that it's similar to how when the vessel leaves the status of ownership by the Goy, there's a certain tuma that's uh, cleaving to the vessel and it comes into ownership of a Jew, the holiness of the Kedusha of Am Yisrael. So you have to tovel it for that reason. And this is similar. This or the Heter, one of the like early Achronim writes that this is more or less similar to the idea that if a person converts, when he goes into the Jewish people, he has to finish his conversion process through immersion in the mikvah. And that's the idea of the immersion in the mikvah for the vessel. Now, the question is, is the requirement of toveling a vessel in mikvah um, biblical or is the requirement rabbinical? Because the Pasuk, although it says that they should uh, that it should be cleansed through the water of the nida, but maybe it's not clear enough. So the Rambam actually writes in Hilchas Meichlas Asurim. He writes in chapter seventeen, halacha uh, five, that it's actually a din the rabbanon. It's a rabbinical law. There However, most Rishonim argue, argue like the the Rishonim, like the Ritva, Tosis, Rashba, and others. Uh, they hold that no, the din of the um, re- toveling a vessel in a mikvah is actually a, a biblical requirement. And uh, whether or not the Pasik is clear enough as an absolute uh, requirement, a smachta, maybe it's only alluding to the Pasik, alluding to the requirement, but it's, it's, it's actually a biblical requirement. And, um, and the, the Meshulchanach itself also, um, that is clearly the view of the Shulchanach as well, because in the Shulchanach, in your idea, Chapter 120, uh, 14. So there it says as follows, that if you have a child, you cannot allow the child to do the 
tefilas kalim on your behalf. You can't give a child who's under bar mitzvah and say, here, immerse these kalim for me. The reason is because we don't believe that he's going to do the job correctly or the like. And ultimately, after he did it, you have to have him say that he did it. And that's a testimony he's got to give to you. And we don't really take testimony of children for mitzvahs that are biblical requirements. Thus, that's a proof only on mitzvahs that are rabbinical status that we would trust a minor, as it's in Tosus and Erevin 31b. So thus, that is a proof that, to- that Shulchan Aruch also would hold that Tfilis Kalim is required biblically. So now we understand that we need to tovel vessels from the Torah, which types of materials. So the Shulchan Aruch brings that hakona kochavim kli shalzechukus. It says if you're buying from an idolater, but really it doesn't mean only an idolater. Maybe that's only a, uh, um, from the, the, the censoring of, of back then. They translated it as an idolater, but really it's in any non-Jew. If you buy it from a, a vessel that belonged to a god. You have to tovel it. Which types of vessels? Vessels that are used for food preparation or to eat from or the like. And it has to be where it's um, made of metal or of glass. Why metal or glass? So that's explained because when we look in the Parsha of Matos over there, it says, right? So it tells us all these lists of metal vessels that they got from the plunders, uh, from the spoils of the war. Like it says, or the gold, or the silver, or the copper, or the iron, the um, you know, tin or so, ferrous lead. Different types of metal vessels. So it lists over there those. And those are the ones that you need to tovel. Thus, you don't really need to tovel things that are made out of wood or a stone, a bone wouldn't need, right? Now, what about glass? So the Shulchan Aruch says that to- glass also we should tovel. We need to immerse. And uh, the idea is also with a bracha. Now, why would you need to tovel glass? It's not metal. The Tzapasik was only talking about uh, metal. So the answer is because that it's true. Minatora glass does not need to be immersed in a, in a mikvah. But... Um, rabbinically it does because it's similar to a metal vessel. How is it similar? Because if you break a glass vessel, you could melt the pieces together and reform it, similar to the idea of metal where you could reform it. But So therefore, um, rabbinically it is required. And then the Shulchanach goes on to say that the mikvah that you need to use has to be either a mayan, a 40 sa, meaning uh, a well, a spring, a kosher spring of 40 sa, or, you know, a regular mikvah. It has to be a mikvah which is kosher that anyone would use for, like, Anida, she needs to go to mikvah. So, so same type of kashras for a mikvah. We spoke about the river in the past, but um, it has to be kosher that anyone could use it. Okay. So now, there is a big question that comes up, and I want to, I want to put the rest of the time into that, which is, Nowadays, we buy vessels we can buy through Amazon, through Target, uh, whatever. Uh, uh, we buy through Costco or the like, or, or, or a Jewish store that sells vessels, you know, um, or, you know, kitchenware and the like. And it, let's just say it's made out of metal, or then it for sure needs uh, immersion in a mikvah. You know, I'm not going, by the way, which materials do need and not, but it will just say for sure metal and glass need, although there are other materials that also might need, uh, at least by way of stringency or rabbinically. We won't go into that for today's class. But we'll just talk about metal and glass. Okay, so you buy a vessel, and uh, how do you know that it was a non-Jewish-owned vessel? Meaning, how do you know that the uh, the, the manufacturer 
or the, the cell, how, how do you know? So really, in order for a vessel to be considered non-Jewish, thus it would require immersion in a mikvah, it can be in a various, one of three ways. It could be either manufactured by the non-Jewish company, the non-Jewish guy owns the company, and his company builds the vessel. Okay, they sell it. Okay, should be, uh, that's it. It needs, a, it needs to go to the mikvah, right? Or let's say the distributors buy it completely from the, um, the companies, and then they say, we'll, we'll resell it to the retail uh, places, but we own it. And they were, let's say they were non-Jewish. Okay, that would be another way. It could, even if it was manufactured by a Jew, but once they bought it, it now becomes theirs. Uh, or another possibility is, let's say that it was manufactured by a Jew. Let's say it was re- or, uh, distributed by a Jew, but it was then sold in the store by a non-Jewish um, owner. So then again, it becomes... Now it's owned by a non-Jew, and then it requires uh, immersion in a mikvah and a bracha as well. But the question is, how do I know which, you know, I'm buying a vessel, and I don't know, maybe everyone was Jewish. Maybe, uh, should I just immerse every time without a bracha? That is the question. And there are those who, you know, I, I hear from a lot of people, they say, yeah, yeah, you don't make a bracha today. We don't know for sure. So let's discuss that. Is that really the right way to go? That just, you know, not know, don't make a bracha, immerse, but just never make brachas. Let, let's talk about that. The idea of not making a bracha is not a, a thing. We do have a rule, which is a, out of doubt, we don't make a bracha when we have a true doubt. Um, but you should make a bracha when you're able to. So you don't make a bracha when it's not proper to make it. But what we need to do is try to find out to the best of our ability. Um, okay, so now, how do we define ownership? Often you'll have big companies today. And they are owned, maybe they have many owners. Maybe there's a, a board of directors or something, but, but there, there could be many owners. So how do we look at something? So let's, let's start with the Shulchan Aruch and the sources itself. So in the Shulchan Aruch, in Se'if Ches, which is in chapter 120 of Yordea, I'm sorry, it's in Se'if 10 in, in Yud, there it brings, the, the Ramah brings a view that says, that uh, if, let's say, the vessel was used with materials that belonged to the non-Jew, even if it was partially materials from the Jew and partially materials from non-Jew, the Ramah rules, and he learns that from the Mordechai, that if part of the materials to make the vessel were from metal, so then you need to, uh, and, and from that the vessel was made from, you need to you need to tovel the, uh, the the item in a mik, in a kosher mikvah the, the the vessel, and on that we have the shach. The shach is the one of the famous commentaries codifiers on the Shulchan Aruch. So in the shach in Sikatin Chavbeis over there he writes biv bracha. You have to tovel it if it was a partial partnership, and you have to even make a bracha, and. Other poskim that follow in this, the Biorgra and Sivkatin Chavches, he also views that you should make a bracha if it was a partnership between Jew and non-Jew. Um, if the Jew then buys the vessel completely, he should make a bracha after toveling in a mikvah. And the Arach HaShulchan in chapter 120, Sif 55 and 56 says that although there are other opinions on this matter, the main view follows the Shach, and thus a blessing should be said. That's the view of the Orach HaShulchan. And of course, there are maybe other opinions, but it's a very standard uh, approach 
that one should make a bracha. Now, you have to remember that even that's talking about when there was some sort of straight, um, uh, you know, partnership. But often, like I said, there are three stages by the time the vessel is manufactured till it gets to you. And probably, if not at least one of those stages, it would have been fully owned by non-Jews. Like we said, the manufacturer stage, then we have the stage of the distribution probably, and then we have the retailers. Whether or not maybe the, the retailers are huge and they buy directly from the company, that's a possibility. But generally speaking, if you are buying from a large retailer store, you know, for example, and I spoke with um, Rabbi Eidlitz from West Coast. He said that like Costco, um, um, Target, that these are companies that are actually owned by basically non-Jewish ownership completely. Walmart, you know, they don't, they might be, you know, they sell their stock and some Jews might buy the stock, but the, the board of directors and everything from A to Z is really non-Jewish owned to the fact that if you were to buy chametz after Pesach, even though you can't own chametz from a Jew that wasn't, you know, after Pesach, but these ones are rest assured they're non-Jewish ownerships and you could buy chametz from them after Pesach. If you want, you can check these companies on kosherquest.com. Thus, the idea of their ownership is most likely, these big companies are actually owned by non-Jews. And therefore, you could you know, buy the vessel, you could tovel it, you make a bracha. Um, and and that's, that's one thing. Additionally, we also, we also have, let's talk about stock for a minute. You know, stock is an interesting topic of its own. But really, what is the nature of the ownership of stock? I, I buy some stock in uh, Apple. Uh, I mean, what I became now a partial a partner with uh, the CEO over that company. I become a partner with with uh, whatever these fancy companies are. Not really. Ramosha Feinstein in Etshuva in Ebenezer, Igris um, Moshe, uh, Volume One, um, Simon Zion. He explains there that, you know, owning a stock or the like is, you know, you're just buying the ability for it to lose money or make money, hopefully make money, but you have no say on anything. You don't have any real ownership of, the, of how they want to operate their, their, their operations. And therefore, to call yourself uh, because some people bought stock in it and there's some Jews that, uh, that that's, a, that's a very additional, even though, you know, the partnership idea alone, we have opinions like the Shach and says you make a bracha on Tefillah's Kelim if you then own the Kelim afterwards for partnership. Here, to say that maybe Jews own stock in it, therefore it should be exempt, is a very, uh, a bit of a, too much because, because even, even stock, it's not like it's a normal ownership of a regular partnership. It's not the same thing as if they were two. And, and even on a regular partnership, there are those who say that you should still make a bracha. So I think we have ample room to make brachas if we tovel our vessels and we more or less can figure out where the vessel came from. Um, it is, there's a, also, a, I guess we should finish, there's a tshuva from Ramosha Feinstein. And this is in, this is in Orachayim, Volume 3, Simon 4. Where there, he says, and the question was, a person doesn't know where the vessel came from, should they make a bracha or not? And he says what we were saying, don't be lazy. You have no, you know, say, oh, I don't need to make a bracha, but I don't know, and I don't need to know. He says, you need to find out, do your research, find out what, what, who manufactured, who sold it. Again, even if it was manufactured in Israel. But if at one point it was bought by non-Jews and now they're selling it, you, you do tefillah with the bracha. So very likely there will be a chance where there's going to need uh, immersion in a mikvah with a bracha. Anyways, in that shuv over there, Moshe Feinstein says, 
do your efforts to try to find out. He says there could be room on leniency on glass. Why? Because glass is only a rabbinical obligation, as we mentioned. And if you're really not able to find out, and there might be a bit of doubt, so just tovel without a bracha. But by metal, there's a there's a, like a biblical obligation there. You know, it's it's not as easy to just say, I don't need to make a bracha. So he says, do your research. And this is a tshuva written in 1971, but he said that in places where it's basically non-Jewish, like, Japan and China, he gives those examples. So we can assume that even without absolute knowledge, the owners are non-Jews and you can tovel it and make a bracha. In Europe, he also wanted to say the same thing. In America, he says maybe that could be more of a doubt. Thus, maybe no bracha be said. So it's important, again, that nowadays it is somewhat easier to find out where companies are, uh, make their vessels and or, or, or who owns them it's it, you can be maybe even researched online and again who are the seller the retailers if they're selling just like we would you know say that the non-jewish own regarding uh, chametz on pesach and all those things that you can buy chametz after pesach the the same assumption applies here plus the fact that it probably was made by non-jews which is the majority of, depending on which country it comes from and um, but after the research has been done, you should be able to make a bracha with uh, no doubt.